Welcome back. I am Bernice. And I'm Ella Tudor. And this is Thanks for Your Concern. Woo! Episode 21. Can't believe we made it this far. So excited. I know. Ella, how you been? I've been great. So funny story of this week. I was watching The Bachelor and Mm. I'm looking at these contestants and I'm like, fuck like i've never felt old before because 25 is not that old but they i have the contestants are younger than me yeah and they're talking about like i'm ready to get married and settle down and then on the bottom it says like britney 23 and i'm like no britney you're not ready you're not britney's doing it for cloud okay <laughs> i'd go on the bachelor and be like i'm doing this to benefit my social platforms yeah. and you know he he looks like good too <laughs> I mean, he's a hot bachelor. I think I'm, like, the most attracted to him than I have in the past because he Mm. seems like, I mean, first, we love an African-American bachelor. Absolutely. Um, It did take me aback when he prayed. I was like, I would not be his bitch. I think if he prayed, I'd be like, I have to take myself out of this competition. I don't think I'm your type. You know what I would do? I'd be like, okay, so we need to pivot to be the problem. So I've kept on for a little longer, you know? Yeah. Maybe that's what Victoria saw. She was like, I'm not going to make it till the end. I know he's not my dude, but I'm going to make a hell out of this show. I don't know what's up with her. I'd love to sit down. No, I wouldn't. I, I have no interest in Me either. She's bad vibes. She's kind of annoying, yeah. to be completely honest with well, you. Well, how are you? I'm good. I finally got my work card in the mail. I know. It's official. It's snap, snap. So apparently I found out that USCIS, essentially the way that they were um, doing it was lottery style. So they were picking out random like work permit requests. Well, not like super random, but like based on when they were turned in and just like, you get a work you permit, gonna, you get exactly. a work permit. And then the day after the Capitol shebang, um, they changed it. They were like, okay, we're going to, uh, we're going to prioritize high skilled working immigrants. And I got my fucking work card like the next day. Look at you, highly skilled. I feel like that like leads into today's topic so well. I mean, it is a way that they capitalize immigration, but whatever. But the best part about the story was that when I got my work card, I was coming back from getting a snack into my house, and I was opening my work card, and I hear, help, help, and I was like, where the fuck is that coming from, right? It was a child yelling for help, and like, my roommate and my boyfriend were like, it's coming from the alley, and my fat ass has never moved faster downstairs. I ran, and I, like, this boy, there's a boy in my neighborhood, and I really thought he got hit because he's almost been hit by, like, two people in my household with their cars because he's always just running around in the alley. And I'm just like, kid, you're going to get hit. So that was my first thought. I ran down. He had fallen off his skateboard. My, I did not get a hero moment. My neighbors did beat me to him, and they were way more prepared than me. They had a first aid kit and a mask on. And my dumbass was, yeah. like, <laughs> running around aimlessly without a mask on and i was just like thank god some real adults are here and can take care of this kid i'm happy it wasn't like a real deal emergency um you know (laughs) i wouldn't have been prepared and i probably got in corona while we were at it yeah but yeah well thankfully the the kid's fine yeah the kid's he'll he'll live (laughs) all right well let's get on with the show because today we're talking about knowing your worth and specifically knowing your worth and the workplace and work-life culture and all that jazz i feel like we are enough out of college to give advice now for real for real all right let's Let's get into it
my lifetime, I have had plenty of jobs. I think like around 11. So these are stories from all the jobs I've had there because I think the things apply to any job and work-life culture. Mm -hmm. When you're stuck with a group of people, you don't necessarily like or care to be. (laughs) Yeah, so I got my first official job when I was 14 because, is that legal? Well, because I worked for a church who was <laughs> mm. a nonprofit, so they had like different laws, laws. and rules. So All I've right. had a job since I was 14 until now I'm, you know, however old I am. So I've had a lot of jobs too, like a shit ton. So, so uh, take this information as you may. <laughs> so I think I would like to start with just applying to jobs in general because I feel like a lot of people when they exit college have no direction as I did or my family like isn't from here so I didn't have like this large group of networking Mm -hmm. um which was definitely a disadvantage (laughs) I feel but you have to apply to literally anything (laughs) see I would say it's such a like mixed bag because it kind of depends on like what industry you are in like what you want to do I would say if you don't know what you want to do then it doesn't really matter and apply to as many jobs as you can but if you know like you specifically want a certain kind of job i would be a little bit more intentional about like seeking people out Mm. because like it's a lot easier to get a job with a connection absolutely use the linkedin that girl that you (sighs) talked to at a frat two years ago reach out to her if you know she's working at the company you want to work at i definitely i Tried to get a job in the fashion industry out of college and uh, without any contacts, it was a little difficult. So your girl, I applied to everything I could find. I applied to restaurants. I applied to every company. I hit up people on LinkedIn and I was like, okay, well, no one wants me. That's excellent. I turned to Craigslist. (laughs) I definitely replied to sketchy ads. I was just, I submitted some artwork to people searching for graphic designers. They didn't reach back out to me. If I ever see my artwork on a can, I'll know they used it. (laughs) And how I got the job I have is I saw this very obscure ad on Craigslist that was like, are you a fashionista? Do you have a passion for fashion? And I was like, yeah, sure. Like, sure. it's me. And I emailed them back and it ended up being like a recruiter. Yeah, you just got to get yourself out there. <laughs> I would say, though, in my experience, I know that you might seem desperate, but maybe not take the first opportunity mm-hmm. and really weigh the opportunity cost. Because I know that my first job offer was a very like typical economic major entry-level position and I was really excited but then I was sent over the contract and I was like oh this is not it's not as it seems it is right yeah the stipulation was like you may not make any other source of income besides this job and I was like bitch I have like a like I want to start a podcast I do Mm -hmm. stand-up comedy and I technically get paid for that and so I asked them about it and they're like well how often do you do stand-up comedy and I was like and like how much money do you make and I was like well I do stand-up comedy I don't know like 20 hours a week and they were like oh you're not gonna have time for that at this job oh (laughs) and I was like oh that's a little bit of a red flag and then they were like yeah so you're on salary but you're gonna be working like 60 80 hour weeks (gasps) your first five years of working here bruh (laughs) bruh so like the salary they offered me in the interview i was like fucking hyped i was like this is more money than i could have ever thought about but then when it got down to the nitty-gritty and in the contract Mm -hmm. i was like this is not a good opportunity no if you're on salary if you have 50 60 hours of work depending on the work-life balance then you end up getting paid less than minimum wage yeah and so after talking to a couple people 
within the company, I was like, oh, this is not a good deal. Not for me. Like, this is exploitation. All right, word. So I waited out on this job. And, like, while it was hard grinding at a minimum wage job, Mm -hmm. it ended up working out the best. And I'm really happy because I would have been stuck in really shitty situations otherwise. And then Ella came and worked with me. Yeah, woo! (laughs) A beautiful love story. Yeah. (laughs) So after you have acquired a job... (laughs) comes down to your work-life culture and you know that it can vary depending on your job and the people that are already there i feel like i've had um a group of co-workers i've really liked and enjoyed and then a group of co-workers that i was just like when am i getting out of here ella have you had any uh, memorable co-workers i think for one company that i worked for like there was it was just when you work for a smaller company and mm-hmm. there's just five or six of you i think there's like a camaraderie that you just do not get at a bigger company right uh that also comes with downsides where like you have your co-workers who like are now like a part of your life and your friends so you have like no work life balance because mm. your work is your life and your life is your work and those have pluses and downsides and i think you know there's positive and negative aspects to every type of work-life culture so if you have a job that you like hate but there's one aspect of it that you really like just focus on that until you can get another opportunity (laughs) (laughs) i have found my best work experience was actually in my college town and here's why it was my favorite work experience I worked with a very small group of people. There were six of us and everyone had a really different background. We taught essentially like WSU students and faculty about cultural appropriation, privilege, etc. And since everyone came from such a different identity, they oft- we often like called each other out on just random things that were like established. Like we had random biases and stuff and we went through a bunch of training and it was like the most growing opportunity I had and it was also the only space where I felt safe. Like I'd mm-hmm. go to work and you'd had 15 minutes of just like, how's your day going? And I'm like, this white person said something horrible to me. And, <laughs> <laughs> and then everyone just heard you out and they were like, disgusting. Yes. yes. Like we hate the system. And that was like a really special opportunity. Now I know that that ha- will not carry on into anything else I do within the fashion industry, but you know, you have to find, you have to find the good in your job. I think you need to be smart in an interview. And every time an interviewer asks us, what questions do you have for mm. us? I ask random ass questions and every single time people are like oh that's a good question because it's like oh no one's really asked me that but i would just for instance if you like want to have a really close relationship with your co-workers you can be like do you guys do any like bonding or activities outside of work now that might not be for everyone i don't think yeah. that <laughs> but i'm just saying if that's important to you mm-hmm. then that's something to ask and if you for instance are like how hard are they gonna work me you can just be like what kind of people succeed in this role because um. if they say you know people who grind and are here you're the first ones here and the last ones out those are the people that succeed that's not for me dog I think that now with quarantine, I have realized that I do like an office environment with like other humans that I interact with throughout the day. Like, I don't like just being by myself work. It's not as fun. Even if you don't want to be friends with your coworkers, because I, I don't feel like that's the end goal. Like when I'm surrounded by coworkers, I just feel uncomfortable about the fact that I see somebody every single day and I know nothing about them. They know nothing about me. Like I, that just makes me feel uncomfortable. I feel like i just feel awkward because i'm like i see you every day i'm fucking weird and a creep i could tell you every single one of my co-workers like Sch- habits schedules and yeah schedules. yeah it's like 
oh, he gets up and has about three cups of coffee a day. Right, and it's right. not in like a creepy, he, weird way. But no, but like you notice You just things. notice or like, oh, wow, we eat the same breakfast. Like, yeah. you know, it's like those types of <laughs> observations I'm making. Maybe I'm a fucking creep for that and outing myself. But it's like, I know weird things about you, but I don't know anything about you. Yeah. And sometimes there are things that come out of co-worker relationships one time this dude at my college one of my college jobs had to train me and it was a uh, oh the thing is about this job is they didn't really train people i just showed up at my shift and i was like hi i've never done this before i don't know what i'm doing and they're like oh so they kind of paired me up with someone else that didn't know what they were doing either and we got to chit chat and then we never really talked again after that but then i saw him at a music festival when i was like at the box office trying to see at will call if i was gonna get a ticket or not and he was like oh i won these tickets at a raffle i have an extra one do you want it and i was like to paradiso like to a two-day show and the tickets are sold out i was like uh yeah and then i got a free ticket and then i got an extra free ticket and i literally called my boyfriend and i was like can you get to paradiso in like two hours i always believe in like treating people with respect and good karma i've just been really friendly with coworkers, and then they move on to something else mm. and then i'm like i get the hookup somewhere exactly like, i remember one time i walked into a restaurant it was like completely fucking full there's a long ass wait list but the hostess was my homie from my last job (laughs) and she was like i secretly got you and i was like hell yeah so i got into this really (laughs) nice restaurant when restaurants were a thing just because i'd been nice to somebody like two years before that that's true i was a brief hostess at a mexican restaurant in pullman and um needless to say i was the the least popular worker because I didn't want to be there. <laughs> so every time that there was a closing shift, I'd look at the white people in the eyes and be like, sending them vibes <laughs> to leave. Because here's the thing that's so disrespectful. You want to stay at a restaurant two hours after closing when you know it's a college town and everyone who works there has class the next day. You're an asshole. <laughs> I agree. So um, I quit that job. But the people there really liked me and would anytime I'd went there to eat or margaritas or whatever... I'd always get a fat discount. Be nice to your coworkers. But, you know, we all have that cute coworker. And I just want to say, don't touch them. Don't talk to them. Don't breathe their air. Be bad. Yeah. And here's to reinforce that it would be a bad idea. Because, you know, that person you hook up with in college and then you run into them at, like, outside of class or something. And that feeling of, like, I'm not here. Yeah, you have to do that every single day. Also, like, do not, I watch movies now after having an office job, and I'm like, not a good idea. (laughs) You know, like in Love Actually, oh, yeah, Love Actually, where, like, the secretary falls in love with the boss, and I'm like, (laughs) this is crunchy. Yeah. Maybe not, Maybe not. (laughs) Um, yeah. (laughs) Don't do it. Don't do it. A funny story about a work-life culture is I felt uncomfortable at um, at a job. Well, I didn't really feel uncomfortable, but it's the same thing with, like, being with people and not knowing anything about them except for, like, a short meeting that you may have with them. And I was talking to my boss, and she was just kind of like, what would make it better? And I was just like, team morale seems low. You know, we could maybe do some, like, activities together or just something to, I don't know, not be sitting down and making goals all day and that'd be end all be all you know of the day and I didn't know what I was setting myself up to do because she was just like oh oh uh, that sounds like a great idea you want to you want to take charge with that and uh, you want Ella to do that with you and I was like 
what? And so Ella, this is how Ella and I became the team building wenches of our team. I actually had a lot of fun doing that, yeah. to be honest. And I feel like it really, it took out like the best elements of myself, which is like OC Ella, you know, high energy, like, you know, cheer captain. <laughs> no, just joking. But, uh, <laughs> ew. Ew. <laughs> Not disgusting. But it was really fun. I think yeah, everyone liked it. Like, there was yeah, no Yeah, so ev- every day at our morning meeting, we do, we do like an activity, like a get-to-know-each-other activity, and we had fun. <laughs> so I think that just shows to prove that, like, you can improve your work, like, yeah. if you say something. That's one of the hardest yeah. part, you know, saying something. I think speaking up is the biggest thing that you have to learn because... I think people think like, oh, they're the managers, they're in charge. I've had like some really bad managers that have like low-key like scarred me into Mm. like not wanting to speak up or feeling like I'm stepping on toes because I make a suggestion. But now that I'm in like a big girl job, I'm like, oh, this environment's a lot different. There's a lot of different people here and you can definitely speak up. And so it took me a while to do it and I still kind of get anxious about it, but it's totally accepted and like wanted actually. People in, like like having people speak up and like just make a point. It doesn't have to be the most crazy great point ever. Yeah. As long as you're just like participating. I am one that doesn't have a problem with speaking up. Actually, at one of my first evaluation meetings, they asked like for feedback and I was like, you may or may not come a little threatening. And and they thought I was going to say intimidating, but I'm not one to get intimidated. And I was like, no, straight up threatening. And they were like, oh, shit. <laughs> and I after I said that, the mood changed. Because here's the thing. If I'm feeling it, somebody else has to be feeling it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, and once you speak up, you know that other people haven't fucking said shit. <laughs> yeah. That they've just been quiet. So speaking, obviously, read the vibe. Don't... <laughs> don't come out and say god knows what to your boss but like if it's frame it in a way that's productive to your team to your job to the cost of whatever the fuck it is that you're working on i think what speaking up can also be like if you're not getting enough responsibility yeah i agree i think that sometimes you kind of like if you want to coast you can coast Mm -hmm. but (laughs) (laughs) which there's definitely coasters you know yeah but if you want to go for promotions, get a bit in other positions, stuff like that, or you just want to stand out from the crowd, asking for more responsibility is a really great way for them to be like, oh, wow, like she, she's just not sitting here to like get a paycheck. Like she's actually like trying to do stuff. This is also like a good way to grow your skills mm-hmm. for like your next job. You can say, you know, I started it with this role, but then I was really interested in developing my skills somewhere else. And this is how I ended up learning A, B, and fucking C. Mm-hmm. So I would say the best thing is first, make sure that you have the capacity to take on more responsibility (laughs) get organized i think that sometimes people like leave planners Mm -hmm. in in college because they're like i don't need a planner anymore like i know what i do so however you want to manage your time so that you can take on more responsibility good first and first point note because when you do ask for more responsibility you want to do it well another way that you can ask for responsibility is asking for feedback about your job because if you feel like you're able to take more on but it turns out your boss knows that you (laughs) can't asking feedback is a great way to know why maybe you're not getting more responsibility maybe there's something you have to develop in a a certain skill that you have to get in order to get more and then on the flip side it's maybe you're getting overworked and Mm -hmm. i feel like that's a big one because your bandwidth is only so much 
you know? And I would say there's also just the thing of asking for help because Mm -hmm. if they don't know that you're struggling, it just might look like slacking, right? Yeah. But if you're instead saying like, hey, I'm unable to complete this because of A, B, and C, and either they can like can help you. Another thing that I've seen is that like when someone tries to add to my plate, me mm-hmm. saying like, hey, I have these priorities. Where do you mm-hmm. want How me- do you want me to reprioritize? Yeah, how do you want me to reprioritize? Because then that gives your boss the opportunity to either be like, oh, okay, well, let me give this to somebody else because you have a lot on your plate or being like, that's a bottom priority or being like, that's a top priority. You don't have to worry about these things. I'm such a like a yes person because I want to please people and that's just like something within my life. But if you say yes to too many things, then I'm like stressing out, overworked, <laughs> feel like I'm about to like, lose it and my boss has no idea because i'm just like yeah no i totally can do that i am definitely a no person (laughs) i love to say no or is that because okay a lot of people will reach out for help and then they would it's not even help it's just like do it right and i'm like no or a nice way to say no is i'm sorry i don't have the bandwidth for that right now i would love to um to tell like tell somebody else or reach out to this person about this because i am really i'm a very like once i make a schedule i'm gonna fucking stick to it and if you don't fit within my schedule then i'm adding on something else i can't i can't do it i and for me saying no i've learned to say no i say yes a lot and then it would really always backfire because then I couldn't work, sh- like I couldn't get things done. And it looks worse saying yes and not being able to get things done than saying no realistically. Yeah. And uh, like a solid no. Yeah. Repeat it with me. No. <laughs> no. I think another thing with when you're getting things piled on or if you think you're getting overworked, thing I like to do is ask myself, WWTMD, what would the white man do? <laughs> yes, I love there that. is a sense of entitlement. <laughs> yes, there is a sense of power. Because I feel like a lot a lot of women or sometimes as a person of color, I really want to like achieve and be like top dog to just like show my community that like we can be in these spaces. But at the same time, you have to think if you were a white man, will you, would you take this? <laughs> I think that kind of ties into like being a woman, a person of color. Like you're just so thankful for your seat because you feel like in a mm. way you don't deserve it. So you just don't like question it because of question authority because you're just so happy to be there. Yeah. That's how I feel at least sometimes mm-hmm. because I occasionally look around the room and um, you're like nervous someone's gonna take your job oh i was gonna think more that it's just sometimes like i imagine this life for myself but like as a dream like because my parents neither of them had office jobs mm. and i don't really i don't even really know that many people with an office job so now that i have like this like office big girl job in quotations it seems like like kind of mystified Mm. and so sometimes i'm just like well i'm just happy i'm here and so i'll do anything to stay here and i will work as hard as you know i'll put my nose to the grindstone i'll try my best every single day and sometimes i look around and i'm like i feel like i'm taking on a lot just because i feel like i need to in order to stay here Mm. so i overwork myself i feel it i get that i think with this white man energy um also goes into like asking for a race a lot of i think that it's a scary thing to ask for a race because you don't want to be laughed at (laughs) or you don't want to be seen as ungrateful 
Yeah. But I feel like asking for a raise is a pretty normal thing to do, you know? I think it's better to negotiate a salary than Mm -hmm. to ask a raise because it's a lot easier to negotiate a salary because it is already implied when in the job getting process is that they kind of expect you to negotiate a wage. Some don't, but a lot of people do. So negotiating a higher wage for yourself is a lot easier than asking for, like asking for $10,000 more upfront is a lot different than asking mm-hmm. for a $10,000 raise a year later. Yeah. So obviously I'm, not that I'm the best on negotiation, but like look it up, like look up how to negotiate a wage. There's a way to do it. And that can really help. Definitely when you should ask for a raise in a year, you know, when you have a yearly review. Also evaluate, like, see where you started and where you are. If you took Mm -hmm. any new responsibilities, basically you're doing way more for the company than you were before. That's a good way to ask for a raise. Don't be like, I want a raise, but I've done ABC I'm doing more. I am increasing your productivity. This is why I believe I deserve. And the thing is, is if you lay that out on the table about how you've added value to the company and they do not give you a raise, it might be time to leave. (laughs) I mean, and I mean that seriously. We could do a whole different episode on quitting and stuff like that. But I just want to say that in the end, if I could wrap a bunch of stuff up in a nutshell, if you are not being provided your worth Mm -hmm. by a company like... We live in a capitalist society where they want to pay as little as possible for wage in order to increase profit. So some people, they might not, they might be unwilling to give you a raise, but that doesn't mean that you're not worth that to another company. Yeah. Don't feel beholden to a company because they gave you a job a year ago. It's like, well, they will, if you died today, they would replace you by next (laughs) week. Truth. <laughs> That's the cold honest truth. So don't sit at a job because we're family. Da, 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 da. No, no loyalties. Not. No, you're not. There's no loyalties. So if they're unwilling to pay you your worth, look somewhere else. Who will? Because I'm guaranteeing you, if you can lay out an argument on why you're worth a certain amount and it's reasonable, then you should be paid that. Yeah, I I agree. I've also seen a lot of people been stressed out. Like I've seen it with Ella. I've seen it with other friends that they're like, I'm working so much. I'm not getting paid enough. And I don't know what to do. I'm like very unhappy. I'm like, you got to speak up. <laughs> don't be miserable by yourself, you know? Okay, so some of the best advice I've ever gotten is there's very little in life that you can control. Like life will just happen to you. Do you know what's a major thing you can control? Where you work. Truth. I know that everyone won't might not be in the position to just quit a job. Like I totally mm-hmm. get that. And I know like, especially when you're working like paycheck to paycheck, you can't miss out on a paycheck in order to get this new job. So like, I definitely know that comes from a privileged position. But if you do have like the capacity and the ability to leave an unhappy situation for another one, do it. Because at the end of the day, it's also about your happiness. Yeah. And I feel like just because it's a good job, I don't know, like just do a cost benefit analysis because Mm -hmm. I was under so much stress at certain jobs and getting paid so little that like it was affecting my health. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) i I know girl like like, you know it was literally i was i was affecting my health it was affecting my mental health and i literally like this happened like more than once but i think one example is when i was really young i was i didn't realize that i was being exploited and overworked (laughs) like i didn't realize it because i asked for a raise and they were like no and i was like (laughs) they would call me and they're like hey so so and so didn't show up so i need you to come in i'm like um, you can come in because I make minimum wage and this is my only day off 
out of because I work six days a week. Yeah. And they threw like a hissy fit. And I was like, I gave you an opportunity yeah. to pay me in More. a way that yeah. would make me compelled to come in and you declined. So, so I will respectfully <laughs> decline. Like, dude, if you are paid minimum wage, do not let your managers bully you into doing more than you should be. I think something that I've realized through being unemployed is how much of life you spend working because I all of my roommates work from home or most of them. <clears throat> and it's it's like more than half of your awake time. Yeah. That you spent just like tuned in in your job. So definitely make sure that you are I mean, you don't have to be fucking this is the best job ever happiest bitch because that's not honestly like that realistic. You I think that that's the end goal is feeling like you're not working and maybe the best way is to work for yourself. <laughs> I mean, girl. Mm-hmm. Something to consider. I will give some advice that my therapist gave me. She said that if you're having a difficult time at your job, but it is paying for the lifestyle that you enjoy, mm-hmm. reframe it. Because a lot of people focus on like, I have to be super fulfilled in my job. Da, 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 da. But if you really like your life besides your job, well, your job pays for your life. What a silver lining. I know. <laughs> Ella therapist everybody (laughs) well (laughs) we'll conclude the show (laughs) do you have a horrible work-life balance maybe look into it it's your life you have one life um a quote a philosophical quote is a man has two lives or a person has two lives fuck a man (laughs) fuck a man a person has two lives the first one ends when they realize they only have one The second one begins when you realize you only have one life deep. I don't know. Whatever. I'm just saying, like, happiness over everything. For real. (laughs) Plugs of the week. Plugs of the week. All right. So this week, we're actually going to plug some other podcasts. The one that we wanted, that I wanted to plug, it is by Dearest Scooter, and they have two. (laughs) It's Game of Thrones, the Game of Thrones sleep aid, and sleep with me. Okay, here we here it goes. I have like really bad insomnia, and even after meditation, my thoughts are running. Mm. And so usually I like to listen to podcasts sometimes to go to bed. But um, all my favorite podcasts have been like a little bit like just like my mind is too tuned in. Mm, okay. In order to go to bed, so the Game of Thrones is a Game of Thrones review. But it doesn't go over any of the interesting parts. I know that sounds weird, (laughs) but he'll like, he has like a very monotone, calming voice and he'll go into like weird tangent research about like, for instance, like 15 minutes on books. And it's not interesting enough to like tune in or like be like, oh, that's interesting. Your brain doesn't think about it. It just listens. And then his voice is very calming. So I'm telling you, I like within like 30 minutes i'm out good to know yeah so again check those out we'll put them on our instagram and what's your plug of the week my plug of the week is the manifest edit and her name is ifia salter she lives in australia she's pretty dope basically talks about manifesting and things in your life like uh she was one of the reasons i was encouraged to stop drinking and i'm like a month and something in so inspiring yeah she talks about like manifesting money and all sorts of good stuff so you should definitely check her out if you're into manifestation or you just want to learn more all right those were the plugs of the week all right everybody that was the episode for today. 
all about work. If you have questions, um, send them to our Twitter, our Instagram, and we will answer them on our Instagram and Twitter. I'll ask my dad because he has more perspective on things. You'll get advice from Paco. It's usually pretty good. Yeah. (laughs) We'll vibe with you. So you can find our Instagram. It is at thanks the number for your concern. And that has links to all of our other things. And Mm -hmm. then my personal Instagram is at LLTutor. And at Berenice Diaz. Buy a sticker, get a free one by just reviewing the podcast on Apple Podcast and sending us a screenshot um, on Twitter, Instagram, I don't know, whatever you want to use. Awesome. We're so excited that you guys were back this week and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.